I've done a lot of videos over the years talking about the process of therapy and how sometimes when you're in therapy, things can start to feel worse. But today I want to talk about something very specific. And I think a lot of people are going to be able to relate to it. Welcome to the Courageous Journeys podcast. I'm your host, Peggy Oliveira, former trauma therapist and survivor of childhood trauma. I am so glad you're here. Grab your favorite beverage, get settled in, and let's take this journey together. Somebody left a comment on a video that I did a little bit ago. And in reading the comment, I thought it was just a really valuable comment or question that she was asking because I really do think that so many people can relate to it. The question is specifically around CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, but this video is definitely not about cognitive behavioral therapy specifically. But I do think that the underlying issue is something a lot will be able to relate to. So I'm going to read a little bit of this question, or at least give you some context. So she's seeing a new therapist, and the therapist is using CBT. And the client says, or the viewer says, well, I understand what CBT is and why it's helpful. I'm still feeling horrible about myself or feeling invalidated for thinking the way that I do because she'll challenge a thought and it makes me feel stupid as if I am silly for thinking any different. Am I just overly sensitive or is CBT just something that isn't working for me now? I know that a lot of you can relate to the idea of this thing just isn't going to work for me. And I have talked about this a little bit in videos before too. This is part of what creates difficulty for people because you do the thing that seems to be working for everybody else or somebody tells you you should do when it's a miracle worker or whatever, and you do it, but it doesn't actually really help. Sometimes even makes you feel worse. And of course you blame yourself, but it does not mean at all, not for a second, doesn't mean that it can't work for you. Now, overall, it may not be the most effective thing for you, but it absolutely does not mean that there's something about you that makes this thing not work. So basically what I'm saying is there's nothing defective about you right? Because that's ultimately what we end up thinking, that there's something wrong with us. And it isn't. And no matter what method it is, and when I say method, I'm talking about things that a professional will do. So I'm not talking about all the different things that people might tell you to do out there, but somebody who is clinically trained, whether it's a specific method, whether it's a theory, it may not work best for you. Anything is going to take time for it to actually work for you. So, in this particular question, what I can imagine kind of unfolding for her, for others, is in those moments when, like, somebody challenges your thinking, maybe does some reality testing, that you might find yourself, like she said, feeling stupid. I don't know if those are the exact words that she used. But basically, that's what we're left with, right? Like, why can't I understand this? Why, why would I think that? I know that's not true. And this comes up a lot in my work because when I 
ask people sometimes, like, would you think that way about somebody else? Because that comes up a lot in my work. And the idea is, well, of course not. And then on a logical level, like, so why am I doing that? Why am I thinking that way for me? So, and of course, it leaves people feeling weak or stupid or incapable. And that really isn't it. But part of this process, no matter what method or theory you're using, it takes reminders, it takes practice before anything really shifts. So when it comes to cognitive behavioral therapy, and I use this, it's, it's kind of, I would say, in many aspects, like the backbone of the work that I do. That's not the only thing that I do, but it is incorporated in almost everything that I do. Even as not a therapist any longer, it's still, like when I run groups and stuff, I'm still getting at helping people recognize the thoughts because it is an ongoing process, challenging those thoughts, doing some reality testing, recognizing what might be true instead. So all of that can be a part of cognitive behavioral work. But whether we're talking about cognitive behavioral therapy, whether we're talking about relational therapy, or we're talking about even somatic therapy, no matter what it is, it's going to take practice, it's going to take understanding, it's going to take time. And when it comes to thoughts, you, you hear me talk all the time about how in our thought process, we're typically reinforcing the negative core beliefs that we hold, right? So when you then have a thought, which is completely normal, that, well, what is wrong with me? Why don't I get that? Or why can't I do that? It's reinforcing that. So becoming aware of thoughts is such an important part of healing. Challenging those thoughts is an important part of healing. And part of how you challenge those thoughts is repetition and finding an alternative that feels like it could be possible. Now, if you've watched any of my other videos, especially just recently, I just had one out, or seen much of what I've shared lately, I talk about the idea of, is it possible, right? So one of those things that you then question is, is it possible in terms of an alternative? Instead of, I'm stupid, is it possible that it's just really hard to start thinking differently? Is it possible it's just really hard and normal to automatically respond or think in that way? Absolutely, it is. So challenging those thoughts, it sometimes doesn't feel good, in, in part because you might think that you're stupid or defective or something like that. But there can also be some res resistance come up when, there feel, when it feels like there's some sort of challenge present. So it's really allowing yourself to lean into that. And if we're talking about, for example, somatic work, and again, I'm going to talk about this from a clinical professional or working with somebody who is a clinical professional. When you're doing somatic work, it is natural that you are going to feel physiologically some things that aren't feeling good. 
you might even go numb and not feel anything. And sometimes people will think, what's wrong with me? I know that I'm safe right now. I shouldn't be having this problem. Or it might create a fear response and you could want to shut everything down and get away from there, get out of there. And then afterward, you would feel maybe weak or something like that because you couldn't do it. Well, again, when you have those thoughts, you're reinforcing it, right? So even if you're not practicing cognitive behavioral therapy, it's still working. It's still happening, whether we're focused on it or not. So the practice becomes recognizing what's happening, being able to voice what's happening if that's possible, and being able to do that without judgment. And that takes practice because those automatic thoughts are going to be there. That is natural and normal. So working to not judge yourself for the thoughts or the struggle, that plays an incredibly important role in all of the work that we do in healing. Really, all of it. So if you can, because when you judge yourself, shame shows up. When shame shows up, things shut down or you become really reactive, which creates a whole other set of issues. So the practice is being able to not judge so that you can stay present. And when you can stay present, whether it's thoughts or something happening in your body, and you can recognize it, then you give yourself the opportunity to move through that. So for example, if something's happening in your body and you recognize that it's okay, that you're safe, that you can feel these feelings, or that there's no judgment in in being afraid or feeling numb, then you get to stay in that for a moment or a few seconds so that your nervous system can begin to recognize that that feeling, that experience, or even that thought, that you don't have to run from it in order to be safe. But to do that, it takes practice. And There are a lot of factors that go into how easy that practice is going to be for you. And it's not easy for anybody. I guess maybe I should say less difficult (laughs) because it really is not easy for anybody, really. If you're really stressed about a lot of other things in your life, it's going to be harder. If you don't have support in your life, it's going to be harder. If your mind is so focused on all the ways that you just screwed something up, it's probably going to be impossible at that particular time. So it is natural that you're going to struggle with it. It is normal that you're going to struggle with it. But if you can stay with it, and again, when it's important to have support. Because when you don't have support, when you're not talking through this with somebody who understands it, And not just from a Me Too perspective, but understands what's happening. That's where shifts begin to happen. So this practice, and the more you practice, the more quickly it's likely to happen. Because when you try to practice one day, let's say in a therapy room with your therapist, and you practice during that time, but then you don't practice at all for the next week until you see your therapist again. It's kind of like learning math. And I've used this analogy before too. If you just do it for, you know, an hour at a time and then don't do it again until a week later, 
you're not really going to be able to internalize what you're doing. You may be able to do it because you look back at something and it helps you remember what you're supposed to be doing, but you're not really learning it, right? So I've said this many times before too, that the majority of the work in your healing is happening outside of the therapy room because you're practicing. You're practicing being aware. You're practicing noticing what's present. You're practicing shifting what your thoughts are saying to you, what your body is feeling, how you're choosing to respond to something, because it becomes a choice when you become more aware. So everything that you're doing outside of the therapy room is helping you. That is part of the practice. That's the majority of the practice. So one of the things that is helpful is guided types of workbooks or journal prompts, that sort of thing. And in my work, when I'm working with somebody, I've done this in group and I certainly do it individually as well, is I will often give people things specifically to journal about. And sometimes it's just checking in with yourself every day and notice what's present. Notice what happened that day. Sometimes it's much more specific. But when you are intentional about paying attention to different types of things every single day, it can feel exhausting at times. It can be hard. But that's where the healing work is. So having a daily practice of noticing thoughts, experiences, reactions can be really helpful. And in, I have my returning to wholeness journal course, and it may not be out just yet, but it will be out soon. But in that, I have some daily pages that I've put in there that are designed to help you do that. There's also, there's all kinds of journals and workbooks out there, but I'm also going to have another journal as well that is like a 90-day journal for doing exactly that. So, but anything that helps you, and you can do this in just a, a notebook, but every day noticing what happened, what your thoughts were, what your reaction was, those are things that are really important in healing. It's part of cognitive behavioral work. But even when it comes to like doing somatic type of work or nervous system work, recognizing how your nervous system is responding in different scenarios is really important. So to kind of just recap, especially if you're relatively early in the process, it's going to seem like what you're doing isn't really working. Or you might have a day when it feels like, oh my God, I had this aha moment and that's wonderful. But the aha moment, while important and meaningful, and is like a bunch of steps on that journey, it doesn't mean you're not going to go back and revert back to your original way of thinking or that you're not going to struggle with that again because you will. That's just natural part of the process. But when you stay with it, that's where the shift happens. So I'd love to hear from you. Have you found yourself kind of feeling the same way, thinking that something isn't going to work for you? I will say, too, that there are a lot of things out there on the internet 
that likely aren't going to be all that helpful. Some things that actually can create more difficulty and isn't what I would suggest as part of the process. (laughs) Because there are a lot of people out there talking about things that they don't necessarily really fully understand in the bigger picture. And I'm not necessarily talking about therapists, I'm talking about just people generally. And what works for one person may not work for another person, but I'd love to hear from you. Can you relate to any of that? Have you beat yourself up because something didn't seem to be working when it worked for everybody else? It is so important to be gentle, to be patient with yourself on this journey. I know that you desperately want it to happen quickly and think that if you just work hard enough, you're just determined enough, you dive in as deep as you possibly can, as early as you can, that that's going to be it. I promise you, and there's very little I promise, that is not going to make it faster, easier, or better. It actually can create more difficulty for a lot of reasons, but one of the most significant is because you end up judging yourself. And anytime there is self-judgment, generally speaking, I would say 99% of the time, shame is right there with it. And once shame comes up, it is really hard for anything like positive that you're working on in that moment to be effective at all. So being gentle with yourself, patient, and not judging. And this is where self-compassion comes in. Thank you so much for spending this time and sharing this space with me. Together we heal. Make sure to subscribe. And if you haven't yet, make sure to leave a review. I'll look forward to connecting with you next time.